0: The CNBC app. Global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected. Stay informed. Download the CNBC app today.
1: A very warm welcome to this midweek edition of Box. Karen Cho, Jeff Cartmore and myself, Steve Sedgwick. And these are your headlines. So rallying U.S. bank stocks, lifting equity markets with beleaguered lender First Republic and other regional banks leading the gains. After the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, promises the administration will step in to prevent another crisis.
2: Our intervention was necessary to protect the broader U.S. banking system. And similar actions could be warranted if smaller institutions suffered deposit runs that pose the risk of contagion.
1: Attention now turning to today's Fed decision with markets uh, well eventually deciding their pricing in a 25 basis point hike. But investors will be looking for more assurances, more handholding from the central bank and that it's ready to contain the banking crisis.
3: S&P warning investors to reassess their risk tolerance towards 81 bonds after Credit Suisse's $17 billion bond wipeout, while UBS reportedly scrambles to unwind Michael Klein's majority stake in First Boston.
4: And TikTok CEO braces for a grilling on Capitol Hill as the company insists it is not an agent of China.
3: So, a very warm welcome to the programme, everybody. Yeah, morning. Uh, morning. How are we all? Uh, good. You
4: defrosted. Wasn't that
3: cold actually in Zurich? Was it? No, it wasn't too bad. No, not for
1: one. Seven degrees. So look, um, I I, I lobbed over a bit of research that GS put, Goldman's put in my inbox to you both, and I I actually thought it was a a great piece of research by Jan Hatzius and his team. Uh, Mm. And and, and we're going to go into all the detail for you all. I promise you, we're going to markets, we're going to Yellen, we'll do all that. But it's actually what does the Fed do in this situation, and and what Jan Hatzius has done? And actually, I think it's really useful. Is look at the four last big crises, i.e., 1966 credit crunch, 1984 Continental Illinois or a bank failure. Peso crisis, 94, 95, and LTCM in 1998. The latter, of course, uh, I remember very, very well from my trading days as well. And, and what does the Fed do in these situations? And the answer is, it depends. <laughs> so uh, Peso crisis, it continued to raise rates. Uh, in one of the other cases, it paused. And in two of the other cases, uh, it actually thought, okay, that's enough. Uh, we're gonna ease our rates as well. And I think that's very indicative of actually, depending on the crisis, and that's why they're all idiosyncratic, depending on the crisis, depending on the Fed reaction so there is no uniform playbook.
3: I think it has a lot to do with um, who the governor is or the head of the, the Federal Reserve and ultimately who then uh, are on the voting committee and I think it also reflects perhaps the shifting macroeconomic environment. I think what's what's been interesting in the last few days as we've watched this banking crisis unfold is the commitments and the promises that are being made to depositors and customers at the expense largely of the owners of the businesses. So the, the sort of Yellen J. Powell set up at the moment seems to be one where you effectively let the private equity owner, the private debt holder go to the wall but the depositor will be protected and that hasn't always been the case in bank crises of the past because you you acknowledge that you take on board some risk by depositing your money with an institution this time around it seems um... prizes for everyone you will be protected here by this uh... j federal reserve but i think what it has done is it has brought moral hazard back into investing because Pretty much since the Greenspan era, we have seen a Federal Reserve that's been incredibly responsive to the market and to the market signals. And it has moved to protect organisations. And I think the 08 financial crisis yeah. probably was the greatest example of that, where everybody was very angry about what they saw had had basically occurred Uh, what they'd seen occur occur because of the actions taken by banks and bankers and arguably a lot of those banks and bankers walked away with full pockets and the system was saved by yeah. taxpayers money being spent this time around it seems different to me the signaling is not about saving the bankers it's about saving the depositors that's
4: right and what does that mean in terms of how the deposit holders react Do they change their behaviors on Main Street because they're concerned about those deposits at a bank or do we see suitable reaction from Janet Yellen where those deposits are never at risk and does that not alter behavior And I want to go back to 1984 as we have these question marks over the behavior because for me that is interesting interesting because these were the Volcker years and if you think about what Jay Powell is doing right now he wants to demonstrate still his Volcker credentials he doesn't want inflation to get away from him and in this particular case uh, after the bank collapse and there were links here that look a little bit uh, like modern day run SVB uh, its exposure at the time to the energy market uh, that was key and don't forget a very big part of the economy versus say like technology these days in response to the collapse of that bank that large US bank failure the FOMC paused it paused tightening. But if you think about where the US economy was at in that part of the cycle, it had already gone through the peaks of inflation. In fact, the peak of inflation was about four years earlier So it was a central bank that was able to have a little bit more ammunition to look past inflation, the 14.8%. Also, the Fed funds rate had peaked at, what, 20-odd percent in 1981, again, another three years before this crisis had hit. So there was more leeway for Volcker to effectively stand back. And I wonder, when you think about his concern with the stop-start approach to monetary policy that allows a second wave of inflation to be unlocked, Is this his moment where he holds firm, where you see the constriction of money supply in the economy? And does that do the trick to very much head off any second-round inflation challenge?
3: Let's pick up on uh, Janet Yellen then. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has said the government is willing to take more steps to shield the banking sector, potentially protecting deposits at small banks in an attempt to shore up confidence in the system. Yellen told the American Bankers Association the situation is stabilising.
2: Our intervention was necessary to protect the broader U.S. banking system. And similar actions could be warranted if smaller institutions suffered deposit runs that posed the risk of contagion. I believe that our actions reduced the risk of further bank failures that would have imposed losses on the deposit insurance fund which is paid for through fees on banks. Aggregate deposit outflows from regional banks have stabilized, and as you know, 11 banks, including the very largest and some regional banks, announced $30 billion in deposits into First Republic Bank last week. This support represents a vote of confidence in our banking system.
3: Janet Yellen. Well, the future of First Republic Bank is expected to be discussed at today's Financial Services Forum of Top Banking Executives, according to multiple media reports. The troubled regional lender continues to seek new capital. Reuters reporting the bank is planning for the possibility it may have to downsize or seek government backing while a sale also remains an option. The bank also reportedly adding additional advisors in its attempt to recover, according to the Wall Street Journal which says the bank has asked Lazards to support a review of its strategic options and consulting
1: firm McKinsey Not, <laughs> to help develop well, a new structure. Thank goodness that the consultants and the banks will still make money regardless of what's going on. I was worried about them. I was worried well, about I, where it, they'd w- get their fees from. But, but will they get paid? You know, yes I mean, they this will is, this is, you yes they will services. you know as well as I do they get paid either A up front or B when you've got the, the any form and again I'm going down the line here whether it's chapter 11 insolvencies whatever you call it as well top of the pecking order the people who are carrying out the work I think I'd want cash way to ahead open. of 81 I was say, so joking, well, well ahead of 81 <laughs> and <laughs> equity <laughs> I can assure you of that Right, okay, Um, let us move on. Um, I I just spend a little bit of time in the banks. We've got a great guest coming up, so I won't spend too much time, but safe to say the banking index over the last three months is still down 15%, but you're having a right rollicking rally over the last couple of days, 5% higher than the bank index there. Uh, And look at some of the, the smaller banks there. I mean, you're either very good, very brave, or foolhardy, or a little bit of all others. Um, when you're trading these at the moment as well. I'm sure a lot of you are, and you're cleaning up. Others will be, well, with trepidation, I would recommend trading these at the moment because they are day by day. Big double-digit swings as well. Uh, To be fair, the broader market is coping rather well. Let's have a look at the U.S. uh, indices as well. The Dow put on another percent. I think we've seen six out of seven up now for the NASDAQ, up 1.6%. And should we have a look at what the U.S. markets have done since the last Fed decision as well? Uh, And here we can see, by and large, a very mixed performance. The NASDAQ's on a bit of a roll here, up 2.4%. The S&P 500 is still down 1.8%. Really interesting fact I came across on the S&P 500, uh, just looking at the CNBC Markets copy as well. What do you think the combined market cap of Apple and Microsoft are now as a percentage of the S&P? Now, you know it's big, because we've talked about this a lot. It's now 13%. 7% of that uh, is Apple. Uh, and 6% of that is Microsoft as well. So, so the concentration, if you expand that out to the top six or seven names, around these behemoth technology companies is absolutely enormous. Some, just another caveat, just another a, a thought. About, that is the most, by the way, I know you think it's always been big. Well, it has, but that is the most that the top two companies have had, have had a percentage of S&P since 1990. Camera's barely out of pigtails then, I tell you. Yes, she was. Okay, right, let's move on. Let's have a look at the US big banks and where they traded as well. Uh, 3% Bank of America, 3.6% higher, Morgan Stanley. So yes, solid gains across the board for the big banks as well. The Treasuries are looking like this. What have we got? 3.6 on the 10-year now, 3.5828, uh, 3.6 rounded. Uh, Two-year trading at 4.13 as well. So way lower than when we had peak estimates for a terminal rate of 5.96. And what are you really excited about today? Is it the Fed decision? I think 25 basis points, we're pretty baked in, aren't we? Is it what Powell says? Not sure. I think you might be interested more in your SEP as well and seeing when your pivot's going to come, if it's going to come. Some of you still hanging on to rate cuts this year. Not so sure at the moment myself, but anyway, let's have a look. Dollar crosses look like this. Uh, the dollar index uh, yesterday losing 0.04 of 1%, but that does mean, though, that it was down four out of four of the last sessions. The pounds, yeah, mildly higher from where it was at its lows, 122 25. We sent um, Arabile out today. You won't believe where we've sent him. I didn't believe where we'd sent him either, but you'll find him somewhere in London later on today. 107.71 uh, is where it's currently trading. Even Jeff thought oh, that was funny. 132.38 is where we're currently trading. Dollar Swissy. Yeah, this is the key, isn't it? Uh, 0.9225 as well. Uh, the Asian equities, i do this even quicker. There you go, really solid gains, apart from the Shanghai Composite, only up one-tenth of a percent. And the opening calls for European markets look like this. So we are called higher, Karen. Carry- across the board. But uh, the meeting today, three elements. You've got Powell, you've got the decision and the aforementioned dot plot.
4: The FOMC meeting wraps up today with investors weighing the probability of a 25 basis point hike as the banking crisis fears ease across the United States and Europe. Despite stubbornly high inflation, some have called for a pause in rate hikes, while many economists expect the central bank to raise interest rates to a range between 4.75 and 5%. The CME's FedWatch tool shows markets are currently pricing in a more than 85% chance that the Fed will raise its benchmark rate by 25 basis points. Meanwhile, a CNBC Fed survey found there is still a lot of uncertainty and disagreement over what will happen today. 72% of those surveyed believe the Fed will hike rates by 25 basis points, while only 52% think it is the correct policy decision, telling CNBC that banking sector risks should take precedent over inflation. Investors also remain split over the US economic outlook, with just over half of respondents forecasting a recession this year starting in September. Major banks also remain split on the Fed's likely path, with J.P. Morgan and Bank of America forecasting a 25 basis point hike. Goldman's is predicting a pause. And Goldman's reviewed its position last week after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, pointing to a recent stress in the banking system. Mimo Nurur expects the current financial instability will lead the Fed to cut rates by 25 basis points and end its quantitative tightening measures. Marvin Barth has joined us, founder of Thematic Markets. Marvin, thank you very much for joining us. Big day for the Fed. We were just going over history and I brought up Volcker before. This is a man that had to stare through many challenges, recessions, high, high unemployment levels. Here we have a Fed confronted with a challenge, a market stress situation, banking contagion, but it still has an inflation challenge. What should it be doing today?
5: So I think it's pretty clear they need to continue on their hiking path. And I think uh, the pricing of markets is is correct associated with that, that uh, um, they do have an inflation problem in the background. That's only going to worsen the financial stability issues going forward if they fail to uh, address it. They believe in the separation principle. They've taken all the necessary steps to protect depositors, to protect small and regional banks. Uh, their term lending facility is going to provide those institutions with the liquidity they need to maintain their hold to maturity books. All of that's in place. They don't need to stop their policy tightening, which is necessary to get the economy back on track and control inflation as we saw from last week's CPI.
4: One of the uh, big concerns, the wash up from what we've seen across the banks is that credit to the real economy will tighten from here. Whether that is down to the banks and how they can manage those lending books to, to what you see in terms of regulation coming down the track. If that is the case, does this do some of the, the heavy work, that the hard um, yards for the Fed that they cannot achieve uh, through monetary policy?
5: Yeah, and that already was taking place. We already know from the senior loan officer survey that lending conditions had tightened quite significantly starting in um, the fourth quarter of last year, uh, that actually loan demand had gone down. Interest rates were having their effect. This will add to that. That's absolutely correct, Karen. But the, what they... Um, will do uh, is that uh, it will protect the financial stability going forward with the um, funding that they've provided, um, with the support they provided for banks. As banks start to look and see, hey we can get through this, their lending standards will again start to support more lending. Um, is, is the Fed responsible for the banking problems we've seen? Uh, Well, this is a really good question. Um, If you think about where the losses are taking place in the U.S. system, what we saw at Silicon Valley, what we saw at Signature, was that they were taking too much interest rate risk, particularly in their hold to maturity books where did that start from it's very clear in the data that that started with qe it started with forward guidance which was the explicit intent of those programs remember this is the way the fed told us those programs were supposed to work we want you to buy more interest rate risk we want you to take more duration risk and that's what piled up on on Uh, those banks' balance sheets. So yes, we can directly attribute losses in the banking system to the Fed's policies of the last decade. Now, does that mean the Fed is at at fault for this? Look, it's clear there was bad management at these banks and that that ultimately uh, led to poor risk controls and the failures of the weakest links in the system. But the systemic losses we're seeing are exactly related to QE and forward guidance. There's no escaping that. So
3: as an investor, if I am interested still in owning the banking stocks or some part of the financials, how do I assess that I'm going to be safe As a private investor, because it seems to me that it's all well and good to say that, you know, the Fed and everybody else is going to come to the rescue of the depositors and the customers. But we're going to let the private investor hang if they own the equity or they own the bonds. Um, How do I then go through the next layer of due diligence to make sure that uh, I'm buying an organization that doesn't have an idiot as um, FD (laughs) who is lending money out long at lower rates than they're having to borrow it short term?
5: Okay, so I think this gets back to um, looking at the differences across countries. So the Fed's um, policies were very much targeted at trying to push you out the yield curve. So, as you saw with US banks, they took more interest rate risk. Banks can also take more credit risk. Now, with the US economy still doing um, very well, fundamentally, we've seen it in employment reports, we've seen it through um, CapEx measures, everything, um, I think Any of that, we're not going to see until recession. That was something you were already going to have to deal with as a a bank investor. Where I think you need to look for credit risk is what we've seen here in, in Europe. What were Credit Suisse's problems? Credit risk. And that's because the central banks here actually push people into more credit risk. Think about the ECB's programs, to f- um, term funding programs for making more loans. So in the US, that problem is basically taken care of. If you've protected depositors so the banks don't have to sell their um, hold to maturity profiles, they aren't going to incur any losses. Because you hold them to maturity, they're at par. It's only if they're forced to sell them.
1: M- Marvin, um we're focusing, and Jeff's question is absolutely pertinent for our viewers. What should they do? What should investors look at? And we're looking at the public sector something that's very easily tradable. Uh, you can buy or sell First Republic. I yeah. said it was volatile at the wall, but you can actually get that trade on. There is a vast amount of the world where actually our viewers can't really trade and yeah. find it much more difficult to invest. And this is private capital markets. This is private equity. This is venture capital. This is a vast amount of assets which are held uh, not on publicly listed assets. Is there a bigger problem there because they're not getting a public reckoning and they're not getting actually a revaluation going on? I, should we be more worried about what we can't see rather than what we can see playing out in the markets daily?
5: I'm not tremendously worried uh, uh, about that. Do you that, think the Steve?
1: private sector is good at revaluing its assets in a timely fashion?
5: <laughs> well, um, that uh, <laughs> it has a lot of ambiguity in your question, there, Steve. Let's let's just look at what VC, which was clearly something that you know these are very long duration assets when you th- think about it. What they've done in the last year, the markdowns have been extraordinarily significant on those. Are they the f- exact fair uh, market valuations? No. It Does it lead to an, a problem? No, because they have long-term committed capital. There's no deposit flight potential, so you don't get this cascading effect you do when you have uh, leverage in the system. By the way, I, I did want to point out that your point earlier uh, about um, looking forward down the road, so forget about what the Fed is going to do today. Mm. You know, this is this is a, a, a much more uncertain decision. Yeah. But the fact is that given inflation, given how robust growth is in the U.S. economy, we definitely will see sustained higher interest rates over the next year or two. And
1: we shall. And, and to, t- to tie those two points together about the longer term and indeed the private sector, there's a the headline at the top of the market section of the FT today is something we've been talking about a lot on this channel, on this show, the three of us. And that is the property sector is next under threat from rising borrowing costs after bank failures, says boss of $2.5 trillion firm. This is the JP Morgan Asset Management Chief talking about warning on commercial real estate risk. I hear what you're saying about venture capital. I would argue, probably vociferously, that the private sector hasn't touched the sides yet on property revaluation and real estate revaluation. And again, with the refinancing that has to happen at some stage over the next few years as well. I just feel the pain has yet to to really take hold.
5: Oh, in that case, there's no question about that, right? Like, you know, look at the fall in equity markets last year. If you look at the um, sort of mathematics of it, almost uh, actually more than the entire fall in the equity markets last year was the rise in the real discount rate. Earnings actually outperformed, right? And so exactly to your point, um, long duration assets that haven't had that markdown yet will suffer that. But the key point around those particularly um, commercial real estate is most of that is privately financed. Most of that um, is not backed by banking leverage, unlike the way it was in 2008. It doesn't have the same feedback mechanism it did. doesn't mean that investors aren't going to incur losses. And, oh, by the way, all those households are exposed to them through their pension funds um but uh they're um not likely to be a systemic risk which i think is the concern of markets today
2: perhaps uh, a better example, some
1: new uh, swanky product where they can perhaps repackage up a yeah. uh, private commercial real estate and sell it to unwilling investors or
4: perhaps a better example would be stripe i mean this was the big bomb that the market was looking forward to ipo it was a 95 billion dollar valuation latest about six days ago 50 billion is uh, the reset uh, yeah. that's taken place you as know, we take yeah. a look at VC order?
3: <laughs> uh, Marvin, pleasure to see you. Thanks where very much it? for coming in. Mar- Marvin you. Bath, joining us. Uh, founder, Thematic Markets. Um, still to come, UK inflation is projected to decline further in the month of February. We'll have the latest. Uh, Arabile well, where is he? is out on the streets where of London. The, yeah, I think the last time I was in this street, I was buying <laughs> I was in Shelley's shoes. You were, buying, you
1: were um, a mod in about 1983, it, it weren't
3: probably you? probably <laughs> was about 1983. Absolutely. Is that clues away? Buying Gibson two tone winklepickers.
1: I something. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Not many of the viewers do, though. <laughs> <No.
4: laughs> you are a very special department store as well. What? Old well, fashioned. I think we oh, all have our own reference to that store. street,
3: don't we? Yeah. Do you remember good. the uh, the legs that used to mechanically move outside one of the uh, the major uh, stores there? No. 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 Remember no, no, okay. <laughs> no, 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 right. Shelly's? <laughs>
4: <laughs> For more on how the banking crisis could impact the Fed's decision, be sure to check out the CNBC podcast.
3: UK inflation is projected to cool further in the month of February, potentially easing pressure on the Bank of England to continue raising interest rates. UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt said he supports the central bank's fight against rising prices, despite concerns that rapid rate hikes have led to more volatility in the banking sector. Arabile joins us this morning somewhere in London with uh, more on the inflation story. Just clarify, Arabile, where are you and
0: why? Yeah, so London's West End, the humdrum of retail activity, Carnaby Street is where we are then, Jeff. And really the significance of the street, I, I'm pretty sure that when Richard Tyler decided to bolt the street in 1682, the notion wasn't necessarily to make it uh, such a big humdrum of retail activity, of course, separating the likes of Mayfair and Soho as well. But really, Carnaby Street has kind of begun as a fish, meat, and vegetable market and now has grown into the sort of retail uh, humdrum, as I've noted, that a lot of uh, people come to as well for uh, whether it be the beauty emporiums or you know other brands as well, those hip sportswear brands that you may, might find in and around this area as well. And as you spoke about before the break, also some uh, Christmas shopping tends to happen in and around this area. But really, the significance thereof is that inflation figure and that inflation number. Has the street seen uh, a limited number of people sort of come through now with that disposable income which according to the Office for Budget Responsibility said to drop by at least 5.7% over the next two fiscal years so that becomes really critical and important when looking at that inflation number which now is expected to moderate or perhaps drop off just below that 10 percent figure currently at 10.1 percent now said to sit uh, below 10 percent and into the single digits then for the first time since august last year and it is important to also note that the reason for that one of the key reasons have of course yes been the fight against inflation by the uh, bank of england which is expected Expected to cut its rates by 25 basis points, then tomorrow, but also the government's plan on that energy support program, right? Where bills could have skyrocketed beyond 3,000 pounds per annum per household. That was then ensured to be cut off and drawn to 2,500 pounds per household per annum. And that has seemingly helped the fight against the energy crisis which the United Kingdom has continued to face. Being one of the worst growth areas among the G7 nations in the last year or so, the UK government is certainly looking for ways to, one, ensure that inflation does not continue to hinder growth, are also trying to fight off uh, as much of the other uh, dire uh, situations we've continued to face. So we'll certainly have that number for you as it comes out later this morning.
3: Thank you for
1: listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market moving news, you can head to cnbc.com.
4: Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.